where thieves break in and steal. Don't build up a lot of material wealth. Don't hoard. Don't save up things. It's just going to become fodder for moths. It's just going to rust away. Could potentially be stolen. Don't pay attention to our material wealth. Don't worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Don't spend so much time thinking about what you are going to wear. Instead, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not clothed like these, like these little lilies, so beautiful. He continues, don't worry about tomorrow, for there are plenty of things to worry. Tomorrow, let that be tomorrow. And do not judge others. So we have good indication that for Jesus, prayer was intended to include words, but it was also intended to include actions, how we lived our very life. Further instruction is given to us from Paul in his first letter to the Thessalonians. Rejoice always. Hmm. How can we authentically rejoice always? He tells us to do that. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And give thanks in all circumstances. It's written there really quite clearly, but how are we to do that? That's the question that Christian practitioners, people of faith, and theologians have asked since the beginning of the Christian tradition. How are we supposed to pray? It's clear from Scripture that there's a variety of prayer and that prayer is to include all of our body, not just verbal prayer, but how we live. It includes our senses. It includes our sight, includes our sense of taste, sense of touch. It includes listening and hearing. It includes smelling. It includes all of our senses. How do we discipline or cultivate this sense of prayer in our body? Well, many writers through the centuries have commented on this and given quite clear instructions. In the Middle Ages, Peter the Chanter wrote a rather popular handbook on prayer in the 12th century. Now, note, handbooks are written when people are confused about proper comportment or proper behavior. So clearly, by the 12th century, 11th, 12th century, People were asking, how are we supposed to pray? Peter the Chanter might not be very well known to us, but in his day he was quite a popular theologian, quite a popular teacher. He was an intellectual who lived in Paris. He was trained as a theologian, but he also held administrative posts. He was a a judge for the papacy. 
And near the end of his life, in 1196 or possibly 1197, just months before he died, he was elected dean of the cathedral at Rheims. So he had this pastoral position of caring for the flock in the diocese of Rheims. He was a popular teacher. He knew how to connect with people, both academic students and lay people in his flock. And he preached and he taught and he wrote from a real understanding of how people think, how people yearn for a deeper experience of the divine. He said that the purpose of prayer is to capture the benevolence of God, to take hold of God's mercy. Listen to those words. The purpose of prayer is to capture the benevolence of God and to take hold of God's mercy. Those words reveal a lot. It shows me that Peter knew that...